We have only 35 chambers. There is no 36. I know that. But I want to create a new chamber. And what would that be? I think Shaolin techniques should be available to all. So then, that's my idea for a new chamber. To teach the martial arts to the people. Anybody. Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of My Three Cents. So uh, today I want to jump right in and uh, I want to talk about fear. Because no matter what conversation I'm having with people, uh, no matter what's going on in the world, one thing that always exists is fear. So the same way I talk about uh, numbers having symbology when you reference the 12, the 369 code, uh, the 12 is normally from the Zodiac, and if it's referenced to the Zodiac or what they call Zudakaya, if you don't know these terms, just look them up. Zudakaya just means Zodiac, the Great Mother, right? The Great Womb, the Matrix. So the Zodiac is always symbolic in older teachings, the Bible, any book you pick up from the past. If it's really dropping knowledge, they're going to use a lot of 12s. Um, because this is just a way for you to understand that what they are really referencing is you and the body. So we're talking about 12 major systems in the body, uh, not just systems uh, that are normally referenced, right? We got to go deeper with this. And so within that, I want to take you into the 12 major fears of the body, right? Now, this is the battle that the body has on a daily basis with everyone, and everyone seems to be having a problem with fear. People are even saying that fear is the bad guy. Now, i kind of been thinking on this for about a week. Um, it's just been popping up to my mind, and I'm saying, well, it's really been longer than that, but it's been about a week that I've been wanting to do this episode, and I've been trying to go about how you know, trying to see how we're going to go about approaching this thing, right? So, the first thing I thought about when I was talking to a friend of mine, um, this, it seems to always be fear with any situation that you don't feel extremely happy about. It seems to be a fear involved, right? So fear, people are letting bring them down. And I started thinking about the fact that fear is totally necessary for survival because, um, in my opinion, fear is more of an alert. Fear is more of something that lets me know um, through my senses that I might be in danger, right? That something might be going on. So I'm going to show you how to not judge fear as a negative thing and to actually realize fear is what's been driving you your entire life. All right, so let's jump right into this. Um, first thing I wanna do is link up breathing with fear because breathing is intertwined with the imagination, which is intertwined with your emotions, right? Now, catch what I'm telling you. When you imagine words being said by you, you might notice that your breath pattern is going with the conversation in your mind. A lot of you probably never tried this before. Think of a dialogue and say it in your mind. And what you'll notice is that your breaths are mimicking the words. Because again, the brain does not know the difference between an actual event or an imagination. So it reacts regardless to what you are doing, whatever you're doing it for. The brain just takes it simple, right? How does the brain judge? It judges based on the event being perceived, whether that's a real event that you're looking through with your eyes or if it's an event happening in your mind your brain does not know the difference so what it does is it attaches the emotion to the event this gives you something to work with in the future 
So when this type of event happens again, the brain has been programmed with how you feel about that event through chemical chemicals being released in the system and in the brain along with the event occurring. So this is just how the brain makes sense of things. And he says, well, when, when this person is around this person, their hormones are doing this, their temperature is doing that. All right. So this is how the brain says you're in love. Just for an example. So it's always some type of chemical reactions going on that brain is just taking that chemical as reality. I'm not going to go too deep into that, but you guys already know perception is reality. The reality is constantly being created by how you're perceiving. And if you don't study or look into quantum physics or anything like that, you might not catch on to what I'm saying. So you're constantly creating and you're constantly experiencing at the same time. Now, this is important when it comes to manifesting. So this is why I want to demystify this whole fear thing so that you can move on from just, oh, it's fear. I got to stay away from fear, right? False evidence appearing real. These, these are the things we create to make ourselves comfortable with the fact that we're going to have to deal with fear. It's going to keep popping up. It's going to keep showing up, right? So we make up this little uh, thing to remember it and say, well, just remember, it's not real. Well, I got news for you. It's totally real. If it wasn't real, it wouldn't affect your brain. It wouldn't affect your body. All right. So it is real. And if you choose to see something that's real as if it's not real, then you're going to give yourself a bigger issue than what you think you have with actual fear. So. What I'm basically saying with all this, when we're talking about fear, when we're talking about demystifying that energy, this is another stage in what I always refer to as self-mastery. Mastery of self. So like I mentioned before, I'm gonna go through the 12 major fears of the system of this body that you're in. I'm gonna break some things down so that you're gonna get the metaphysics in this, you're gonna get the physical, and you're gonna get some keys to kind of help you keep yourself balanced, right? Because if anything that I hope to give anybody that listens to this podcast, and by the way, let me stop right now and say thank you, repeat listeners, supporters, guys that come here to hear, you know, what's coming across because you're getting something from it. I appreciate that. Even if you're not subscribed, even if you're not, you know, paying any kind of monthly subscription supporting the channel guess what you don't have to if you do that's just more energy you're gonna get back through me and through connecting with me but if you don't we're still connected because you're here all the time taking in the information we share the same knowledge so let's keep the party going let's get into more of this self-mastery because this is it's gonna be good so when we're talking about mastery of self what do you get from that when you start to master yourself, well, you become more powerful, right? You become more capable, more able, right? K and A, right? You become more capable, more able. Some of y'all picked up on that. I know, I know some of y'all catching that. So with power, you know, we, we can have brute force. We can have what we call raw power, right? Or we could take this into the unseen immediately and talk about willpower, right? So we gotta acknowledge that there's raw power, you can lift something heavy, and then there's willpower. Now, what does willpower do? Since raw power can lift heavy things, what can willpower do? Willpower is more, in my opinion, like a defense, right? Because what you gotta understand about the will the will is your energy too, dot, 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 right? So when somebody says, I will, that is saying that you're gonna contribute and delegate your power towards that thing. So somebody say, can you do this for me? You say, I will, right? I will do this thing. 
That means, look, I'm setting aside some power to do that, right? So will, the will of a person, now this is important, has a huge vulnerability. What is the vulnerability of will? Will can be seduced. You can be enticed. So these are the things we got to understand about making decisions down here on the cross plane, right? Earth. Nothing to do here but make decisions. Free will is just a series of making decisions. Everything here is dualistic. There always has to be a choice being made. That's what we deal with here. The knowledge is to be all right with the choices you're given, right? This is acceptance. The wisdom and knowledge, you know, first it's knowledge. It's information, it's knowledge, then it's wisdom. These are the, these are the, these are the stages that you go through to get through what you got to get through here on earth making decisions. You want to make wise decisions, right? So these are just little keys within that, right? So you got to unlock yourself. You got to demystify things like uh, fear, love, lust. You got to understand the will. How can the will be seduced? How can I stop my will from being seduced? Well, you have to build up your willpower. See, this is the difference between people accomplishing goals and people not accomplishing anything. Now, look, <clears throat> I don't say plan your life, make a bunch of goals and then have tunnel vision. I say, look into the future, look into your heart, see where these two things can meet and go towards that. That's not necessarily a goal, but it is at the same time. You can't move towards what you need to move towards if you don't have willpower. Without willpower, you give up. Even if you have raw power, if you have no willpower, you can't even use your raw power. This is when you see somebody with a bunch of muscles, <laughs> but they're useless. So what do you will? That's what you gotta think about on a daily basis. What are you willing? What are you willing to have? What are you talking about? What are you willing to do? See how that works? We use these phrases a lot, but we don't go deeper into what you're being asked and we answer too quickly. We're not thinking before we answer. We're not processing properly. That's why you gotta have that upgrade. You gotta have your, your CPU gotta be upgraded. Man, this is 2022. You got 1998 Windows, uh, you got Windows 98. <laughs> you gotta upgrade because you can't process this new information. You can't process, your processor can't keep up with this. All you're gonna do is revert back to old programs. You're gonna run slower than everybody else. You're gonna get knocked offline more than everybody else. Catch what I'm saying? So willpower is important. So let's, let's, let's talk about love and lust, right? Because if we're talking about the will being seduced, well, there we go. Right? Because what is the number one way to seduce a person's will? We'll just use men, for example, because it, it does go both ways. But let's just use men, for example. The number one way to affect or seduce the, a man's will is through sexual prowess, right? Sexual energy. Now, <laughs> we talking about love, we talking about lust. Everybody want to be in love. Nobody wants to admit they're in lust. Now, these two things, what's the difference? Well, love, I'll start with. Now, simply, we know these things are chemically based. But let's talk about the experience of the chemical, right? So if love is a drug, which we know that it is, because most people are addicted, then let's talk about what that entails when you're on it, right? So when you're high with love, what it's supposed to come with or what it's supposed to tap into within you, in my opinion, is your nobility, right? 
You're supposed to be noble with love, right? With how you use it. Love is supposed to attach onto you as a characteristic, not just something to do. Because what is just something to do? Well, that's ambition. And what is ambition? That's akin to lust. You see how I did that? So love and lust are different in the ways that lust is lust is more of an ambitious energy. Um, and if you want to say in business, it would just be simple ambition, right? I'm a businessman. I'm ambitious. This is lust. This is a lust for what? Either power or money, which can gain you in power in this realm. So love to me exists as a counterpart to lust. Most people think that love exists as a counterpart to hate. I often say that love and hate are the same energy. Um, you could easily see that because again, if somebody destroys something you love, <laughs> you immediately go into vengeance or rage, whatever you want to call it, which is based on love, right? So this is just one way to see that love and hate energy is the exact same. It's just polar opposite, but same pole. We got to stop taking the ends of things and making them do things. So what do you will? So we already covered that love should, as an example, come with nobility. Love can be seen as a characteristic. Oh, he or she is very loving. Lust is more ambitious in nature. Fly by night doesn't really have roots, right? It's whatever you create. So that's just an example of how the willpower can be manipulated through things like ambition, right? This is lust. So a person's will can easily be manipulated. Once their will is manipulated, they cannot gain power. Once they cannot gain power, they feel what? Inferior, weak. Now we're on the other side of the spectrum. Now you got to dig yourself out of this hole. This is an everyday balance I'm giving you in one example, right? Remember, we're talking about fear. So let me correlate this fear into what you're willing or not willing. Let me tie that in, right? So love is, is basically will and action. You're, you're choosing to exercise the nobility of love, right? Let's say that. So love is your will in action. It's a choice that doesn't, that doesn't warrant anything in return. You see, those that want something for everything they love, that's not the way. To say, I love you, do you love me back? That's not the way. To say, I love you, you didn't say it back, that's not the way. That's not love. That's a form of lust, that's ambition. You're only saying it to get and I love you back because you don't feel loved. So therefore, guess what? Your love is actually invalid. You're giving someone nothing. This is false. So this is why a lot of relationships don't work anyway. You're basing your relationship on a strong lust action um, and fantasizing about love at the same time, hoping that that fantasy and that reality meet somewhere and become perfect. It doesn't work like that. It really doesn't. Like if you want to play your life like a scratch off, that's up to you. But the odds ain't looking great. Might want to look at the back of the ticket. Well, now, so let's get into the fears and the phobias. Because what I want to do is go through the twelve major fears and phobias associated with the systems of the body, um, which also end up being major actions like all your actions are based on these things so remember fear is not this thing to stay away from it's really an alert to the senses it's really awareness in action um if you didn't have fear you would just be stupid 
how would you know when to say when? Right? Think about that. It's very necessary to your survival. So fear and phobia. Um, I feel like fears and phobias are both mentally introduced through, let's say, education, um, miseducation, and let's say like indoctrination, right? Or any other mental means, right? So fear is something that's more chemical, we'll say. Um, you could be triggered to the, into this chemical, right? Um, it'll freeze you up. Uh, it's all kind of things that once the chemicals are released, uh, the reactions they start to have in the body. We know that. So when we're talking about phobia, this can also be a form of programming but it's a little deeper than that. You see, fear is taught. Fear is taught. It's even like teaching, you know, a lot of the young black kids grow up thinking that they're inferior. And even the word fear is an inferior, right? Gotta get into your etymology. When things like that are triggered and you notice it, then go and do the research and go and do the work and understand why inferiority and fear are going hand in hand working together, right? So when you give a kid an inferiority complex, this breeds failure, right? This is all based in the fears and uh, the actual fears that I'm about to get into. Uh, but I, what I wanted to just try to give you was the difference between fear and phobia. That's, that's mental. A phobia is like somebody Say, uh, look at that snake. You know, snakes are scary. You know, they're telling you that as a kid. You grow up and it's like snakes are scary. A phobia is something more mental. A fear is as well, but it's more chemical. It's more chemically induced. Cortisol. It, it's, it's, it's when this chemical is released in you and you're on it and you're high on it, then you say, I'm scared. Right? Your mind is running away with you because you're high on a chemical right now. So let's not try to say it's false evidence appearing real and all that because guess what? It's not false and you need to deal with it so that you're not seeing it the wrong way. So one thing I noticed before I get into the list is when you talk about young black men or any young child, anybody taught that they're inferior, Anybody that grows up and they have these different complexes, what's one thing that always hides uh, hides their complex from them, right? Or from you? What is one thing that they can do or they can have that you can't really see them? Because all we can see is this. You know what that one thing is? Where almost no matter what's wrong with you, if you have this one thing, you will be all the things wrong with you will be overlooked. If you have this one thing, uh, you'll get boosted forward amongst them, further than other people faster, whether you're capable or not, because you have this thing. What is this thing? Do y'all not know what this thing is? We see it all the time. Y'all pay big money to witness people that have this thing because the people that pay to watch it don't have it. What is it? It's talent. Talent. This thing that we call talent, to me, has worked as more of an illusionary tool that can mask the inferiorities people are growing up with because they can be used for their talent. They can be highlighted for their talent. Then we never have to really fix them. This is why you see a lot of sad endings and tragic endings to stories that from the outside seem great and seem like people had it all. And you're wondering, well, why did they go that direction? Because a lot of times people are underdeveloped characters hiding behind talents, skills. Skills and talent is not everything because you can 
be exploited to a higher degree if you have skills and talents. Case in point, slavery. Moving on. So I feel like talent has worked against us, highlighting the talent, picking out kids at a younger and younger age that are good at something. You should still turn that inward on them instead of bringing it outward to uh, for a crowd and an audience. I think that that still needs to be turned inward and matured until they want to turn it outward for their whole for for a whole other reason, you know, for their own reasons. So when we get to talking about you know, outside of society's value that they hold on you, right? Because remember, you can come from a valueless society with talent and be boosted up as very valuable because of your talent. Everybody else, they're telling to work hard, do this and do that because they don't have talent. This is one sure way to know people with talent get used. So let's talk about these 12 fears. The first fear, we'll say the 12 major fears. And a lot of this I got from an older teacher um, through the years. A lot of notes I've taken, things I've been able to think about and return to, understand, overstand, and now I'm able to give back out. So this is a lot of my thoughts mixed in with other people's thoughts that are on the same path as me, but <clears throat> have been on it longer and, you know, treated me. I was more of an initiate coming up in it, right? So I've been able to now take this information. And so don't ever think that all this comes directly from me. It is an accumulation of my knowledge through time and experience. All right. This is this is all through time and experience. If you hear me say something and say, I heard someone else say that. And congratulations. You know, more than one person that is on the same level. Once you get to a certain level, we're all having the same conversation or we're not at the same level. So the first major fear was the fear of losing love the fear of losing love um, in our community this is one of the biggest ones early uh, we have a lot of single mother child relationships and a lot of these relationships end up strained because more so because the child has started to accept and accept and accept Say you have a parent that's not great at being a parent. At some point, the child does accept that. And they go ahead and create in, the, uh, they create in their mind that this is normal. So this dysfunctional way of living becomes their normalcy. Mainly because this is what they have. And if they reject this, as abnormal as it might be, there is a fear of losing love and having nothing. So a lot of decisions are being made right and wrong in the name of fear. Not understanding where the fear comes from, therefore not being able to deal with it properly, right? Another major fear is hunger. These are the major fears of the body and the mind that I'm giving you. These are things that cause people to do what they do, okay? Hunger. Number three, fear of failure. Now, this is what I mean when I say fear is actually driving you more than it's hurting you because your fear of failure is why you are trying so hard. You're scared to fail. When failure it should be totally accepted. But this is another thing you don't figure out until you're out there. This is why an entrepreneur would know this. You have to fail forward because your failure quotient is way more important 
than your intellectual quotient. You learn more about yourself and other people when they fail than when they succeed. Remember that. So your fear of failure, nine times out of 10, is what's driving you to this day. Fear of criticism is the next one. Fear of criticism, that's number four. Now you already know most people are moving how they move based on how they're gonna be perceived by other people. This is that fear of criticism. So decisions are being made, timelines are being written based upon the perception of someone else perceiving you. These are traps that we find ourselves in, that we put ourselves in. Fear of death. This is another major fear of the body and mind. So the brain has you make smart, safe decisions as much as it can. When you stand up somewhere high and look over, look over the edge, does not your body react to say, this don't feel safe. You need to back up. Don't you feel this energy I'm giving you? You might call it fear, but this is more of an alert. You might have known you, you might have not known you was that close to the edge. Let me help you perceive the danger in this by putting this feeling down to the gut of your of yourself, by putting this thing down into your core. Where the only way to get rid of that feeling is to step away from the edge. It's important to understand why this stuff goes on. It's a higher form of yourself helping you. It's your whole self, right? <clears throat> your conscious self is not connected to the whole self. So we gotta understand and understand that's what that is. We have fear of loneliness. So these are the people that can't be alone. I know way too many females like this. I know a lot of men like this, that since I've known them, they have not gone any period of time without a girlfriend. They can't. A lot of women are like this as well. And what they're not understanding is that you're never gonna get to your best self if you're always attached to somebody and if you can only learn yourself through other people, that is gonna slow down your growth. If you've never been by yourself long enough to get to know yourself and recognize some things that you see as flaws and strengthen and change them, then you have done no work yet. All you've done is jump from one person to the next person until that person sees that you're the same person that the last person knew that you were and the person before that. You're just gonna keep jumping to the next one. That's what those kind of people do. They're also the kind that are in relationships but don't want to commit. Why do they not want to commit? Because you will get too close, you will see what they really are. They will have to feel the shame of themselves out loud that they already know that they care. This is a sickness. We've all had this at some point. Hopefully it gotten over it. Because another thing about loneliness and being alone, if you understand the etymology and where these things come from, Write down the words all, A-L-L, and then write down the word oneness, right? Right next to it, O-N-E-N-E-S-S. All oneness. Stare at it until you understand the word alone. These are the things you're supposed to be recognizing at some point. Just like the word uh, reminds me of, you know, before when I was studying a long time ago, so I catching on to this stuff. I'm like, wow, it's been right in front of us. Like the word nowhere. It's really now here. These are all tricks or let's say riddles that not everybody will have the privilege of grasping. Fear of poverty. Fear of poverty. Now this is big because in the black community, 
We don't have a fear of poverty. We don't have a healthy fear of poverty. I'm gonna tell you why. See, in the black community, you're taught poverty. <laughs> now this might not be for every single person, but in the black community, averagely, you are taught poverty. Now let me tell you what that means. You are taught that the ones who came before you, before you, before you had it a lot worse than you, right? This is ingrained in us. I'm gonna tell you why. This is actually a positive thing, but it's not being used that way anymore for all of us. Some of us it is. Because when you're taught about poverty, when you're taught that you came from the bottom, what this can do is put you in a space where you don't fear the bottom because you have been taught the bottom. And what it should do is prepare you forward and upward if it's done correctly, if it's given to you properly. So the fear of poverty has kind of been reversed in us and not taken care of. So now we celebrate poverty. A lot of our music, a lot of our culture now celebrates brokenness. We don't want to admit that we need fixing. The next major fear is the fear of pain. This is another brain production because last thing brain wants is for you to think you're hurt. This is why you'll see people or you might experience this yourself, um, might've been involved in something where a lot of energy was kicked up and there was a lot of uh, testosterone. Well, no, uh, let's say, uh, what is it? The word is slipping my mind. Well, anyway, we'll say you're in a situation where there's a lot of angst and energy all around. And you might be hurt and not realize you're hurt. Adrenaline, that's the word I was looking for. You might be hurt and not realize you're hurt because of the level of adrenaline. You see, another chemical that has been released in the bloodstream to protect you from pain because this is what brain does. Your fears are because these are the things you wanna be protected from. But why? That has to be defined in your own life. It needs to be healthy. The reasons need to be healthy. And that's why I'm trying to help you not be afraid of fear. Why do you think Spider-Man goes around talking about spidey senses? My spidey senses, right? For those of you that know about this stuff. He's just trying to let you know this, there's an energy that comes with certain creatures where they know when something dangerous is around. You're supposed to be able to sense it. You're not supposed to be desensitized, right? Your senses are supposed to be sharp. That's what they're made for. So another fear that our culture, the black culture deals with is actually a fear of being black. What do I mean by that? The fear of being perceived as a black person. This is very deep. I want you to think about this. It's not a fear of being yourself. It's not a fear of being comfortable in your skin. It's not a fear that you personally would even have for yourself if not for society and what you've been taught and how we've all been indoctrinated. So now there is a fear of being black. And if you want to challenge that, then ask the average black man why he's so uncomfortable driving a car. A lot of people don't know that. 
lot of uh, diff- other cultures and for you other cultures that listen to this, I want you to think about this. This this podcast is listened to in 12 countries, 12 or 13 countries. So I know that some of y'all are getting some lessons on other cultural things that you didn't realize. The average black man does not even feel comfortable behind the wheel of the car. That's how bad it's got to where he has to deal with an anxiety to go across town because the police gotta meet a quota. He may live in a certain area that maybe that's the best area he can live in, right? But you are perceived as the area. So you'll have police that hang out in certain zip codes because to them, it is consistent with crime. And unfortunately, being a black male is consistent with that. This is why I talk about black people so much because I want you to slap yourself in the face. I want you to go take a long look in the mirror. You ain't gotta be black to do this. Because I want you to think about your own culture, your own bloodline, and ask yourself, What are you willing? What are you doing? Are you honoring or dishonoring what came before you? Point period blank. Be real. So, a lot of us, a lot of men, a lot of black men have these ingrained fears that we got from society. And this is something that we're going to have to deal with. And this is something I feel like we should deal with together as a group by having conversations like this, by having open dialogue, no fear of judgment, right? No number four, which is fear of criticism. So the other major fear that we're dealing with, and this is for those who are not awakened. And what I mean is, those whose DNA has not started going through the activation process, right? What they call your junk DNA. I'm not gonna explain this because if you don't know, then you're not you're not that. So those of you whose DNA has started going through the activation, where you started having the Kundalini kick up, where you've had these uh, different experiences and dreams already coming to you, you know exactly what I mean. So you don't have this. But for those that don't, they have a fear of the devil. You know, when I break this down, right? When we're talking about the devil, let's get rid of this personification of wickedness or evil, which is just live in reverse, right? Just like devil or devil is just a devolution, okay? That is where it comes from the word devolution because you're either evolving or you're devolving so the devolving energy is known as the devil this is why it comes in so many names satan devil this and that all those things are the downward swing of a lot of different poles and polarities Satan comes from Sutan, which comes from Sut, which is black, blackness. The same stuff left on the walls after a fire, Sut. So you have those that worship nature, darkness, and blackness because they knew that from the void came everything. From the blackness came everything. And even your Christian Bible tells you what existed first darkness that was across the face of the deep you have to understand this stuff stop taking it literal as a historical story so when we're talking about the devil we're just talking about the adverse energy of going onward and say going backwards 
instead of going up, then we say going down. Instead of the sun out in the daytime, right? Osiris energy, then we'll have the sun setting at night, which is set energy, which is why we still say sun set, right? Because this marks a changing of the energy. You don't have to acknowledge the darkness as the devil or an evil unless you yourself are living in reverse, unless you yourself are in a devolution, a downward spiral, okay? So I'm just giving you a little bit of that from other episodes, but you know the knowledge on that. So moving on, we have a fear of the unknown. This is big with our people because a lot of the reason we don't study and also a main reason that we reject knowledge is because we actually have a fear of the unknown. Things we don't know about, we tend to kind of stay away from. Because why? Well, as brain. Because it feels more safe. Understand what a stranger is. Someone you don't recognize. That don't feel as safe. So I'm just trying to show you over and over until I beat it in your head. A lot of this stuff is about recognition and what you don't recognize being held as maybe dangerous, maybe risky, right? This is like investing. When things seem too risky, you don't want to invest. But sometimes investing in what kind of seems a little risky can get you a big reward. All this stuff works both ways. No investment, no reward, right? So fear of the unknown. And I always encourage people to uh, pick up a book you haven't read, watch something you haven't seen, just start choosing a few things without judgment and see where it takes you because nothing happens by accident. Everything happens for a reason. And believe it or not, divine timing is so real that you're never in the wrong place. Now, the actions that got you there, hey, that might have been a part of your free will decision making. You might not have chose the right path, but the outcome is still no mistake. You see what I'm saying? The tree's still gonna grow from the seed. Can always be traced back. There's always lineage with every situation. Think of it that way. So after the fear of the unknown, the last, which kind of goes with that, and you would think would counteract the fear of the unknown is the fear of being ignorant or being perceived as not smart enough, right? So a lot of times, especially in the black community, um, and this is kind of sad, we'll not participate because we feel like that. We don't want to be embarrassed, so we won't participate, right? We don't believe in ourselves enough. And also we have it real bad where we'll, we'll make up words and, you know, sometimes we're just having fun with it, showing our creativity. But other times we're relying on these fictitious words to actually hold weight and we're using them to, our, to explain ourselves. And this is where it gets dangerous. And it's where it really starts to show your ignorance or your lack of knowledge. Because you want to use something fictitious to represent you. Because you're not properly representing yourself. You know it. Everyone knows it. But more importantly, you know it. So we can't have this fear of being perceived as ignorant. We got to get over that. Because guess what? Anything new that you start, you dumb as hell when you first do it. Think about it. You got to be all right with feeling real stupid with anything new. You have to be okay with being on the ground floor before you can take off. Got to be all right with that. So this fear of being ignorant, you know, really has a lot of people frozen. Take a damn chance. So a lot of this or all of this, what I was saying is mastery itself. Um, I want to close this out with talking about 
the illusions of self because these things like fear, love, all this, we have in the wrong categories. We're using these things improperly. They come with a lot of illusions. And unless you're trying to master self, you will not be able to see through the illusions. All right? So self-mastery at the end of the day is just going to allow you to decipher yourself. It's going to allow you to, let's say, um, unwrap yourself and give you the ability to demystify yourself. Stop being confused by yourself. How many of y'all have done something and then turn right around and say, why did I do that? That is a form of self-confusion. That is a form of being separated from self. And when I was looking at this and writing some of this stuff out, the word self came up so much that I said, damn, self. And it showed me cell F, right? C-E-L-L-F. And I said, self. Now, what I'm telling you is how downloads come to me. It just stood out after I said self a few times as cell F. Now, what happens is if a download comes through, this is how you always know. I'll say to myself, well, <laughs> I'm going to go look up cell F. And I know right now that it's going to show me something because this is how downloads happen. So long story short, I go check out cell F, right? Never heard of this before. Self. Cell F, by definition, a bacterial cell that does not have the F plasmid, but can receive it through conjugation. The F plasmid is also known as the F factor. Okay? I'm going to explain this. Conjugation. We know that. We hear conjugation. We say, okay, that's like sex. Right? So we say conjugation. It is the temporary union, right? It's just like sex, of two bacteria or unicellular organisms for the exchange of genetic material. So this is cellular sex literally F factor what is the F factor right because remember cell F is a bacterial cell that does not have the F plasmid or the F factor but it can receive it through conjugation F factor or F plasmid also called the fertility factor or the sex factor it is a plasmid that confers donor status on an F-positive cell. So F-positive just means it has the sex factor. This is very interesting because I was triggered into looking at this, remember, just based on self. I kept seeing self. self. I know that the cells are the smallest versions of self. So I said, hmm. Is cell F anything? And sure enough, it is the sex factor in your cells. So I just found that very interesting when we were talking about the illusion of self. So the F, uh, let's see, a plasmid, this is the F factor, right? A plasmid that confers donor status on the F positive cell so that the F plus or the F positive cell transfers a copy of the F plasmid and chromosomal DNA at a low frequency. So they're telling you that your cells are having sex with each other on low frequency vibration. It's changing genetic DNA uh, DNA material with each other. It's very interesting. You never know what you find when you just look into your, your, your nearest thought. Cell. What is a cell? Right? We know what cells are, but let's just break it down. The smallest structural unit of an organism that is capable of independent functioning consisting of cytoplasm, usually one nucleus, 
and various other organelles all surrounded by a semi-permeable cell membrane, which means it's a very delicate cell wall. But what I want you to think about is the fact that you have to remember that cells are the smallest structural unit of an organism, which means it is the small, the smallest wholeness. Catch this, it is the smallest wholeness of you within you. And this is why I tell people my favorite thing about the body is the fact that these trillions of cells in your body, each individual cell is equivalent to your entire body and what you are perceiving yourself to be as one thing. You are trillions of that same thing over and over, pretending to be one thing. Just wrap your mind around it. This is why I tell people all is reflection because every single thing you set out to do two or four, someone else happens to you as soon as the decision is made within you in each of your cells trillions of times over that hate that anger or that love whatever it is it happens to you trillions of times over before you perceive that you're doing it to someone else so with that, I just want you to remember, as within, so without, as above, so, so below, all is reflection, all is self. What you do to someone else, you're doing to yourself first, right? You're doing to yourselves, yourselves first. The last definition for a cell is a small enclosed cavity or space. Now, how many of you immediately thought of prison and the understanding of why they call those cells? Do you get it? Because once they put you in that cell as the nucleus, that is the energy in the cell. I'm not gonna go into this right now, but you guys already know. The prison is the prism. The prism that we come through to be created on earth. Remember, when you shine uh, one white regular spectrum of light through a prism, you get the seven color spectrum through the other side, the chakra, the creation. So I just wanted to wrap that up for you. Don't let fear put you in a bind where you're torturing yourselves, right? Understand this stuff. Don't be scared of what you go through. Everything you feel is an alert to your senses. So it's healthy. Or would you rather be numb and unaware? So this has been another episode of My Three Cents. And I just wanted to get on here and kind of help y'all out of some of this fear. Stop being so scared. <laughs> Look, repeat listeners, once again, I appreciate y'all. Those of you that always get with me about sharing the episodes and sharing the podcast, look, do your thing. Because you know I don't promote this. It's all organic. And we're going to listen to in about 13 to 14 countries. 12 to 14, I got to recount. So my thing is, I appreciate you all. Apparently, we're getting out there and, hey, somebody's getting this work. The martial arts is truly getting to the people. So, look, man, I appreciate y'all. Once again, wholeness, 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 and gratitude. All kinds of gratitude. Always exude gratitude. Try to exude gratitude when you feel bad and when you feel broken, broken. Just out of nowhere. Go in the mirror and smile at yourself and feel grateful. Look at yourself and say, I am something to feel grateful about. I don't care what I'm going through. It'll pass. But those damage points you keep taking on yourself can eventually put you in a hole. All right? 
So this has been another episode of My Three Cents. We must teach the martial arts to the people. Until next time, wholeness and all kinds of gratitude, y'all.